Well, we're back. And if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Konania on Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ. I am Warren Stewart Jr. filling in for Tom Brown today. And we are talking about race relations and really the church's response and what we should do as believers. So um, I'm here with Pastor Sandy Mason of Desert View Bible Church and Sister Linda Morris of Harvest. She's the uh, country coordinator under the umbrella of Harvest Foundation. So a lot of wisdom is in the room, and I'm just going to set a little foundation and allow them to speak to um, these issues because they have a lot more experience than I have. So if you do want to call in or you want to tweet us, go ahead and do that, uh, and we will we will uh, respond. So I wanted to start out with this quote, one of the quotes from Dr. King. It says, the most pervasive mistake I have made was believing in that our cause was just. We, would, we could be sure that the white ministers of the South, South, once their Christian consciences were challenged, would rise to our aid. Mm. I felt that white ministers would take our cause to, be, to the white power structures. I ended up, of course, chastened and delusioned. So what we want to talk about today is really how can we as black and white, brown and red, yellow communities, especially Christians, come together in unity and speak on these issues? Because the Bible says that in Genesis 1:27 that all of us are made in the image after the likeness of God. So that means we all have equal value. And though society may have written things in the Constitution, such as the 1787 Compromise Act that said that black people were only three-fifths human, that does not dictate how we look at people. The Bible is our source of authority as Christians, and all humanity should be looked at as valued. And so it is the gospel that unifies us, and the gospel shows us that there is no more dividing wall. Galatians 3.28 says that there is no longer Jew nor Greeks slave, nor free, male, nor female, all are one in Christ. And when it comes to us just celebrating Advent a a month ago, the coming of Christ, God came to get involved in this sinful world that was full of hate and despair and destruction and dysfunction to make things right, to restore shalom. So if Jesus got involved and we call ourselves Christians, then we have to get involved coming out of our churches, getting into the community, listening to people's stories and understanding how can we deal with these race relations in a way that God is glorified. So I know that you may not look like the people that are being affected and you may not think that these situations are reality, but the reality is Jesus didn't look like our sin, but he got involved. The Bible says he became sin, that, that, that we would become his righteousness. So he became the very thing. He, he took on the very thing that looked ugly and separated us from God to reconcile us to God. So standing for social justice is standing for Jesus. So I want to open it up to uh, you all and, and just express your heart and go from there and let the people hear you. Sandy? Yeah. Warren, great introduction, and uh, let me say I didn't have a chance to say this, how uh, delighted, honored I am to sit with you and Linda and uh, be part of this discussion. Uh, I, I think as a white pastor, the, the first step for me, and if you're a listener from the white community, uh, is to 
drop the defensiveness, mm. not take it personal. No one's calling you a racist. It's right. about our history and something that's systemic in our culture. And uh, the whole thing of I don't see color, uh, I've got a close friend who's black, mm. those are just cliches that don't speak to the truth. We, we have prejudices. We see color. We see yeah. gender. We see weight. We see uh, wealth. Right. So it, we see those things. And as uh, followers of Christ, this is the opportunity for us to be people who are different mm-hmm. and uh, who step across all those barriers and exercise love. Yes. And that's where the joy of this thing is. And that's part of what drives me. It's mm-hmm. not that it's just, this is what I ought to do. Yeah. I just find joy in this, Warren. And Linda, I find joy in the friendships and the fellowship. And, and I just sense the the community of the Holy Spirit that yeah. just is affirming this is right, this mm-hmm. is what I want you to be about. And uh, so that's what I want for my church community is for people to to drop their guard. Okay, yes. somebody's going to call me a racist. That's not what we're talking about. We're right. talking about there are things just in the culture. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I read the facts of Ferguson mm-hmm. and saw that in a community that was two-thirds African-American, yeah. but the mayor is white, mm-hmm. five of the six council members are white, mm-hmm. 50 of the 53 police officers officers are white. Mm-hmm. Well, you're just asking for yeah. misunderstanding and trouble. And, right. and those are the things that we're saying. We got to look at this and talk about this. Yeah, that's very good. Thank you for that. That's very good. Linda Morris, what would you like to share? Well, you know, my heart is for community and Jesus came to live with us in community. Yeah. When God created man, he created man to be in community mm-hmm. uh, with him first and, and then with each other when he created Eve. And so we were always supposed to be one and yeah, united. Right. That right. was never a part of the plan to separate us. Mm-hmm. Sin separated us. Yes. Right. So when you look at it, then I my joy is to unite us. Yeah. Okay. I had a wonderful experience when I mm-hmm. lived abroad for a while. The country I lived in had uh, the church that I lived in and the congregation or the compound I lived on had about 120 countries or uh, ethnicities represented. Yeah, yeah. And to me, that was the first glimpse I got of the real church when we yeah. went to church. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't tell you where it was because we weren't supposed to go to church, but I really saw what God's original plan was. And the church came together. We got help for one another, whatever the need was, and there was no consideration of the color of our skin, Mm. the class that we were in, our our professions. None of that mattered. It was the church, one church. So I want to see that. I want to see God's kingdom come to That's earth. It. I That's just want to see that. And so I one of the things that uh, really encourages me is that I see the desire for that. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that African Americans and other people of color live mm-hmm. biculturally. Yes. And I want to see the day when I don't have to warn my my now very grown son mm-hmm how to interact on his job so that he won't be perceived to be a threat. Yeah. Right, right. I have to remind him even today, Mm -hmm. and that was our history as he was being raised. You know, I always tried to live in a multicultural community. Yeah. But I had to always caution him. Yeah. 
I want to see the day when all of our children can play together without uh, threat. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That is that is amazing to to set this theological foundation that we're all made in the image of God and then that the plurality and the equality and community you spoke of uh, in God himself is why he created us to be in community and then the love of God and what you, what you said that we should do this not out of obligation, but the Bible says, owe no man anything but love. Yeah, the joy of this. Yeah. yeah. It's real. We have to find the center of the joy that these are my brothers and my sisters. Uh, yeah. When I was growing up in the church, in, in, in my dad's church, we called everyone brother and sister. Yeah. And, you know, you don't hear a lot of that today. So that's why I say Sister Linda Morris and Brother Sandy, you know, Brother Warren, whatever it is, because we, we looked at each other as family. And if the kingdom of God is going to be realized, as Revelation 7, 9 says, it's not going to happen by osmosis. Every tribe and every tongue and every nation are surrounded at the throne of God saying salvation is from God and we should be giving him glory. However, Dr. King said it prophetically, so profound and prophetically years ago that the Sunday, the 11 o'clock hour is still the most segregated hour of the week. And it's not going to just happen by us talking about it and interviewing people. It's going to happen by us getting out of our comfort zones and letting love motivate us. So um, that theological foundation is key. and, And I believe that... Uh, there has not been enough discipleship in diversity. We have not, we were used to coming to our own and, 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 and living in our communities and not separating ourselves. And I call it gospel selective. We select who we'll share the gospel with. Yeah. And, and we need to be diversified in the way we disciple people uh, just like Jesus did. I love the way he called his disciples from all walks of life. To be his disciple. I just, you know, sometimes in the Bible, I wish we could see, you know, you know, what Jesus looked like and his oh, disciples. Yeah. There had to be some tense moments yeah, there, huh? I'm sure. Here's this, you know, almost Taliban zealot right. sitting across <laughs> Simon, sitting across from this right. rip-off artist tax collector, right. and then this pure blood Jew Peter. I mean, they are, must yeah. have been close to blows sometimes, yeah, huh? Yeah. What's w- he doing in this circle? I would love to see that. And, yeah. and I think that's what we have to use our spiritual imagination and say, if Jesus called all these people together that were from different walks of life, what are we doing that is not so biblical that doesn't make the church attractive? Yeah. And And I believe that the church is the catalyst to make race relations and unity uh, at the forefront to, for the world to see. Yeah. The Bible says, John 13, 35, that they will know we are his disciples by the love we have for one another. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. You know, Warren, you said that whole discipleship thing. Mm-hmm. I, uh, my guy, eyes got opened in, in Baltimore. I was pastoring out of Baltimore, and there was a wonderful group of uh, black and white pastors that just met to start breaking down these barriers. Mm-hmm. And so we exchanged discipleship material Mm. and all the the white community discipleship material was about you know personal forgiveness how to share the gospel Mm -hmm. uh, how to be filled with the spirit nothing about justice issues no social issues then we looked at the discipleship material from the african-american community and right away they're talking about Mm -hmm. now here's how to be a voice in your community here's Mm -hmm. how to have compassion for the poor i mean Mm -hmm. and and we both just realized you know this was not 
the gospel that Jesus wanted divided yeah. like this. Yeah. And, uh, we have so much to learn from each other. Yeah. Well, part of uh, what Harvest teaches is yeah. uh, discipleship curriculum. Wow. Most of the lessons that we have are for discipleship. Wow. So it blends that very thing. Wow. All of the issues. That's cool. Amen. Well, we'll I be back. I want some of that, Linda. Well, show me that. Stuff. In the next segment, we're going to talk about how we can flesh out all that discipleship material. 1360 Faith Talk Radio.